what's good guys it is your boston brit and myself are back for another episode of the garden party josh you good very good um delighted to bring the basketball ass back into the world <laughs> i don't know why it's just stuck now i feel like that's just going to be thing is that, that's actually quite a bad quite a bad not a bad nickname but you could imagine if we were out and about and for for whatever reason, if someone's like, I know that voice, it's the basketball ass, you'd be a bit like, oh, for fuck's sake. Mm, yeah, it also has, I guess, some suggestion that I have a like particularly round uh, booty. But I would say that I'm next to, I'd say I'm just about average. We're, we're like two minutes in and we've already spoken about your ass now. And ass is okay, move on now. This episode, obviously me and Josh have not done an episode for a while. That is probably, that is my fault in reality. You know, personal life's been stressful, but we're not going to dwell on that. Uh, but what we are going to dwell on is the shit that we're going to talk about today, to be honest with you. And Josh, do you want to fire away? Where, where do you want to go first? But like I said, guys, this is not going to be a typical episode where we run through, um, you know, the games of the week, because yeah, there's no point, <laughs> if I'm brutally honest. <laughs> But we're going to talk about some good stuff. We're going to talk about some bad stuff. And then we'll round it off like we normally do with the invites and the ban list and Josh's last orders. So, Josh, where are we going first? So we had this kind of, um, it's been a while. It's been over a month. Um, so we've had a lot of ups and downs, to say the least. Um, mm -hmm. We'll get to the kind of biggest down um, later in the podcast. But let's start with the high. Okay. Let's start with a peak, not a trough. And that is, look, the future is bright, no matter which way you look at it, because Jason Tatum is a perennial all-star player. Um, he was able to drop 60 against the San Antonio Spurs, which leveled Larry Bird's individual game record. Then he dropped 33-7 and seven in the following games. I mean, this season, he's taken that kind of leap that you would expect incrementally. Uh, but but the biggest and most impressive part of that, he's done it uh, in a season in which he contracted COVID, uh, never with a full healthy roster around him. Um, and, you know, he's averaging 26, 7 and 4 in a strange, just about the strangest NBA year in history. So keeping that increase of production going is an incredible feat from my point of view and on that night where he dropped 60 and leveled Larry Bird it was uh, a real moment in his career and it led some people to say that he is the most talented Celtic ever where do you stand on that statement uh the most talented I don't know because obviously if you look at Larry Bird's era you look at uh, the Russell's era like they're you know they're all it's, it's, it's different and even KGs and Paul Pierce like they are different eras and different times you know and the game's completely changed now um do I think do I think he's the most talented of all time in the Celtics uniform I think he's got I think he's got to bring a chip home to 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 earn that but talent tal like you said talent talent's a bit of a weird one isn't it talent's like just naturally gifted basketball player yeah he's a naturally gifted basketball player without doubt he is going to be one of the best players in the league. I still think he's going to win an MVP within the next, you know, five years or so. He's he's an absolute force. And like you said, that 60 points, it should have been 61. If the refs weren't arseholes and gave him the continuance, he would have got 61. So 
but he is he's you know he's so young and he's matching those levels of what you know, Larry was producing and 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 those guys but yeah I mean it, it's just different eras so it's always hard to compare I don't know but he is such a talented player and I'm very very excited and very happy that he is a Boston Celtic and he's going to be for a long time so yeah because t- you touched upon it there but talent is I think it's a matter of semantics I was mentioning it to you before but um being the most talented doesn't mean, you know, at the age of 23, he's already peaked the legacy of Larry Bird. Like, we know that's not happened. Yeah. He, I personally think, if you're reading into it from a very, very literal point of view, he is the most talented uh, Celtic ever. He's not the greatest Celtic ever because it's a matter of semantics. Like I said, def- definition of talented doesn't necessarily correlate with the biggest Celtics legend or the most successful or the most influential um, in terms of what it means to be a Celtic, he has an unbelievably long way to go to even be able to lace the shoes of a Larry Bird or a Bill Russell or even a Kevin McHale in that respect. Hmm. But by the very definition of talented, the world is his oyster. He's obviously got that potential you spoke of and he can do so much on the basketball court. You don't really know what he's going to do on, a, on an offensive set. He's got the biggest bag probably out of any Celtic ever because really every offense, if you look at it down the line, in three, four years' time, he's going to have the most well-rounded offensive set, arguably one of the biggest in the league. He, he's, he's got, I mean, at the moment, like if you look at him from last season, some of his performances last season to what they are now and, some of the, you know, the shot making that he was, the shot attempts he was making and some of them were very, very poor. And I don't know, it just seemed like he was rushed, but he seems to have calmed down a lot. And like you said, he's built, he's built on his kind of skill set and that, that fadeaway three that he does, that step back three is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's so clean and it's so smooth. And someone posted the other day, uh, I was probably like last week, I think it was a picture of, Kobe's form and Jason Tatum's form and obviously we know that Kobe uh, helped Jason Tatum a lot out in the offseason and it's it's mad to think you know that that we are reap, you know we're reaping the rewards for that so goes to show he's a student of the game doesn't it 100% 100% but, but just generally it's like I said it's just a case of what people think talent means but ultimately you know what an incredible asset to have on your side. Um, and, and you know, he hasn't even been the best Celtic all season. There have been large spells where Jalen has been the best player. Um, Kemba recently. Kemba's been really good recently. Um, but there was chunks where it was like, okay, it's the most important player on the court right now is Jalen Brown. So um, we'll get to Jalen Brown in a bit. Um, but it's, yeah, it's uh, and it, it, it just chill out. People aren't saying he is has already eclipsed Larry Bird. We know that that's not the case. <laughs> I was going to say I'm waiting for all the triggered people to be like, "What is this? What is this shit? What are we, what are we talking about?" But yeah, like you said, he is a formidable talent, and for the future, I mean, I just hope I hope Danny builds around him. Obviously, I know we've got um, Jalen that we've touched on, and uh, Kemba. Kemba's one of those. Kemba's one of those guys that. He, he's been playing really well recently. I hope he can, you know, next season. I don't think, to be honest with you, we're going to talk about, 
us and our season in a minute, but I hope next season that he is a consistent regular. No, we don't. When we have back to backs, he actually plays. Obviously, depending on his injury, but coming back, but I don't know. Kem is one of those ones that if you were to, if I was to choose a player to, you know, get a bigger asset or someone like, you know, like your, your Carl Anthony Towns or, or along those lines, or Bradley Bill, like I, I would put Kemba in that racket to move. Um, mm-hmm. Quite a lot of Celtics fans would agree. Quite a lot of Celtics fans probably wouldn't agree. But I, th- I feel like we need, we need a, we need a stretch, we need a stretch five. I think we, we need someone who, I, I don't. It's it's really difficult because, like you said, it's been a crazy season, and we've been amazing in some elements. We've been terrible in quite a lot. And it's, it's just been the most wild, wildest season that I've known. The fact that we're going to be potentially going in, well, we are going to be going into the into the playing tournament, which is for the Boston Celtics. That is, mm-hmm. that's, that's not okay. <laughs> well, firstly, I've got a question that is um, just to go back to the achievement of Tatum. Mm, okay. Um, when do you think he'll he'll better that scoring performance? Like, how soon in his career do you think that will happen? Um, the thing is with Tatum, you just don't like you just you just don't know. That's the thing. Like, he could go he could go out tonight and do it. You know, it's he's a, he's a guaranteed twenty minimum scorer a night, uh, yeah. usually around the thirty mark, um, mm. and on you know several occasions has been around the forty mark. Yeah, I think the playing tournament. If we obviously, yeah, yeah he's he's going well, to go around there. I reckon. I reckon he'll just turn up and just be like, "Let nah, fuck this shit." No, I didn't want to be in this in the first place. So let's just get out of it and get into the. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a really hot take. Right? Okay. Okay. So so he's gonna have an off season to develop his game further, and he's gonna come back with a stronger roster, in my opinion. Right, a healthier roster and a stronger yeah. roster. I hope so. Around him, um, and he's gonna be start to really step more into that kind of co-leader, if not just pure offensive leader of the team role. I'm going to say by this time next year, um, Jason Tatum will have four of the top five scoring performances in Celtic history. Okay, that is a bold, that is a bold statement. But if you... I see your, I, I, the reason I see your logic, right, is because his performances from last season to this season, like the level is just, they just keep skyrocketed. So if he keeps going on that trajectory, then, you know, it, it's anything's possible with it. Excuse the pun. But if he, if he learns how, how to attack the double teams really aggressively, he's going to be completely unstoppable. Um, and there will be more nights as he, as he develops where he'll just be like, you know what? I've done this before. I'm like the joint top scorer in a single game in Celtics history. Like, uh, let's put this team on my back. And that'll happen more and more than, you know, the better and the stronger and the more experienced he gets. Um, you think, do you, do you think... I really think, so that takes three more 60-point nights in a year's time. I honestly don't rule it out. Don't rule it out. Do, do, do you think he's got... Well, how would I say this? Do you think he's got the, the, the minerals to be... The, the the leader like because there's a difference between being a, a star player who can drop 60 and to be a leader of a team i think it's there's, there's two they're two different like 
the two different scenarios. There's, a, there's someone that comes to mind in that respect. Um, yeah, there are. Yeah, there are differences between being a leader and being an offensive talent. We've learned that in Boston in recent years. Um, but why not? He, he definitely seems as someone who is extremely composed, um, extremely well-rounded as a person. But then on the court, uber confident. That's like the biggest aspect of it. There's like no end. A bit of arrogance, haven't you? You've got yeah. a bit of bit of something about you. Yeah, and then. It's that aggression that sometimes people think that maybe could be leveled up a little bit. So we see like 15% more aggression, even though it's hard, it's, you know, hard. He's been fighting through recovery of a respiratory condition basically all year, you know, and it's, it's that's, that's hard stuff. And he's still managed to produce this. So why not? I can see him being the leader of this team. And he's, um, and he's still dropping threes over double teams. Uh, oh, yeah. Know. It's, it's 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 ridiculous. The guy um, is. An we didn't. The only thing we didn't touch upon regarding that night as well, just before we move on, is that we spoke about previously. There has to be a song to mark this moment. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So, guys, it's that time of the it's that time of the week again where I get Josh to pick a song to go to a player and we'll do a little bit of a video. So obviously it's got to be Jason Tatum's 60 point game. Like it has to be, even though it was a little while ago, but I mean, it's probably the biggest achievement we've had since, you know, for the past week or so anyway. So Josh, what song do you want to put to Jason Tatum dropping his 60 point game? So he took over Larry Bird, the legend. And you know, you could say that when he levelled his record, he was like a bird. So why not? Nelly Furtado's I'm Like a Bird. Anyway, guys, here we go. It's Jason Tatum's 60-point game to Nelly Furtado's <laughs> Fly Like a Bird. <laughs> Is it Fly Like a Bird or I'm Like a Bird? I'm Like a Bird. I'm Like a Bird. Okay, here we go. Let's shoot. This is for 60 in the game. Okay, we're back. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I feel like Josh enjoyed it more than most, uh, more than most people, anyway. So, <laughs> right, where should we move to next, Josh? Let's go on to the other end of the spectrum. Someone that people had mixed um, expectations about, but someone, the thing that ties them together is that they contracted COVID and have had severe setbacks because of it. Evan Fournier, who has been nothing short of tremendous in recent weeks after uh, basically as bad as you can get in terms of the few debut appearances and some Celtics fans were kind of writing I mean, that's got to be one of the... I I can't remember another debut appearance like that. Zero from seven. Yeah, it was was really rough. Um, But Fournier's uh, comments recently about COVID were eye-opening and put into perspective um, 
the reaction to his play that he received, which was ridiculous. You know, um, we knew who, you know, Ainge knew who he was signing. Hmm. And it certainly wasn't a guy shooting zero from seven. But you've got to take COVID seriously and be patient with people like that. And um, he said, it's like having a concussion right now. It's actually doing a little bit better. But at first, it felt like the bright lights were bothering my eyes. And my vision was blurry and everything was going too fast for me. So along with Tatum, who we've already commended for kind of battling through that and taking that extra leap in his career, despite going through it, this is a different side of things in which it's not necessarily his breathing that's been affected so uh, dramatically. It's more about um, his focus and his eye, you know, his vision. That it sh- He shared the effects uh, of what it can do in terms of allowing, especially for someone who's, heavily relied upon to add shooting from the wing. Um, so mm. I commend him. I think that after those couple of horrible games, people make, making their mind up that he's a bit of a bum, which is ridiculous. Uh, he's been a really good piece for this team uh, recently. And, uh, you know, respect. I'm team Fournier and team uh, wear a mask. Don't get COVID. Do you, well, the last few games, obviously, dropped 20 points and then 30 points. Like he... I've not had COVID, so I don't actually know physically what it's like. But you know, obviously, everyone that's mentioned it that has had it, a couple of my mates have had it. Uh, you know, they've they've said it's 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 horrific. Like they are in bed, bed bound for days, and the fact you've got Evan Fournier coming out, it's not it's not like thing is, it's not like you're playing Sunday league. It's not like you're playing Sunday league football or you know Thursday night basketball in your local rec center. Like this is this this is the highest level you can play, and these guys are coming out. And that you know Evan Fournier is still dropping thirty points, twenty points. Like it's, it's not easy. It's not even. It's not easy to get a, but it's not easy to get a bucket in the NBA. Like I, I wouldn't even consider myself to be able to unless I had a fucking three throw. But, uh, but it's it's just it just goes to show what kind of, you know, mentality those guys have, and I commend them. I am Team Fournier as well, and I'm. Those of Orlando fans were you know, slating us after his poor start. And it's just, we, like you said, Danny Ainge knew what he was signing. He knew he was signing a guaranteed bucket. And we, we need that because we've not had consistent scorers throughout the season other than Jalen and Jason, sometimes Kemba, recently Kemba. And then Marcus, occasionally Marcus gone off the boil a little bit and quite a few fans are getting a little bit frustrated with him, but I mean, you can't get frustrated with Marcus. Marcus does Marcus things and, you know, he's, he's, he's there for defence, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I am Team Fournier as well. And I think we should move on to the other doom and gloom scenario or section, unless you've got anything else to add uh, for this bit. Uh, no, not really. It's just that... Yeah, the only thing to add is that it was it's hard enough for a, a team... Uh, sorry, a player during the pandemic to join a new team, adjust to the system, adjust to his new teammates, mm-hmm. um, and adjust to living in a new city uh, without not being able to see properly. So, just to put it into perspective even further, like he's just started his new job sick. And uh, in the space of two weeks, he's got to a point where he's playing at a really high level. So, yeah, respect to Fournier, but let's get on to. Oh man, it's no coincidence I'm wearing black today. Yeah, I'm wearing dark blue, but <laughs> anyway, 
Let's move on to the absolute doom and gloom, which is our fucking season. Now, we lost a doubleheader, which we needed. There was no, like, ifs or buts. We needed both of those wins. And we are, I think we are all but in that um, thingy in, in the... the play-in, play-in, yeah. now, it, could be con- all... it could be confirmed today. Um, it, it, I believe it's the Knicks win. If, if, if the Knicks win, or if, well, what we what we what do we need? We need the Knicks to lose all three, don't we? Of their remaining games, and then we need to win the remaining games. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So not happening. <laughs> no, because the Knicks have been all right. Like very I mean, good. Team. And why have I just said that on a fucking Celtics podcast? But the Knicks have not been too bad this year. That's 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 give them props. So, but we we've not been great. We haven't been great at all, and we've not been great for a while. We went for a stage, didn't we, where we thought we were going to get the party hats out, Josh. I thought I was going to have to run through Tesco's naked because, we're, you know, if we would have beaten Philadelphia, that bet would have happened. And that would have been a nightmare. But we've just not... We've been so... Incon- the word to describe it is inconsistency, I'd say. It's inconsistency. Um, and I think there are several factors of, to that. I think that one of them is that there's too much of a heavy reliance in the roster on young guys. There's like... The, the entire bench practically is people in their, in their second, third year uh, mm-hmm. or even first year. That's not sustainable and that's not a realistic way to contend, especially when your stars themselves are 23 years old, you know, 24. Um, that, that's just not sustainable. Like it's not, you're not going to compete that way. You need a veteran presence and also you need shooting. But, and I know that opposing fans, luckily not many of them will be listening to this, um, <laughs> hate to hear it but injuries and health has been a huge factor in the Celtic season they're this team that has been most affected by player days uh, missing in terms of the way COVID has affected the season yeah. um, protocol has affected the Celtics the most that's just in the numbers and they've never had a healthy team they've literally all season Due to a combination of injuries throughout the roster and the um, the decision to continuously not play Kemba on back-to-backs, for one single game, the Celtics have not had a healthy roster. Um, and obviously you include the likes of Romeo Langford being out at the start of the season. Um, and then most recently, this absolutely devastating injury to my, frankly, bias, fully intended, my favourite basketball player in the NBA. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Honestly, when, when that broke, I was instantly, first, what was your first thought? My first thought was season's over, straight away. Like, I, I, know that's, I know that's very negative and it's a negative way to think, but I just thought, no, it's not happening. If you don't have, have Jalen and Jason firing at all cylinders... Because um, unfortunately, I, I know we always go back to Jalen and Jason, but that they are they are the centerpieces of this team. Like mm. they are the guys that every fan was going to rely on to get them to the next level, to get them to you know the next stage of the playoffs or whatever. Like it is what it is at the moment until we get I don't know someone else. But yeah, Jalen Brown's injury when that broke, it was. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was devastating for the Celtics season. And it's something which I don't think we can 
you know, we've played okay without him when we've, we've just not been, I'm trying to think of the word, but we, we've just not been good enough to, you know, give me belief anyway that we're going to have a deep run or we're going to get anywhere near a deep run. So um, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think it's devastating news. Um, just to elaborate on the news itself, Jalen Brown has been fighting through a wrist injury that uh, basically a decision was made that he'd have surgery on it um, two days ago, I believe, uh, for a torn ligament in his wrist. And I, from internet judgment, it seems to be uh, something that he picked up against, um, I believe, Oklahoma. Uh, not a particularly nasty thing, but Lou Dort hit him in the back and he landed on his wrist. He was holding in it, holding it uh, when he was on the floor. It seemed as though that's when he picked it up. Mm. But it's devastating. And I think even the most optimistic Celtics fan would look at this and feel exactly the way you did, which is the season may be over because we've had trouble all year. Uh, once again, the, the team hasn't been healthy and it's been really challenging, even from a chemistry point of view and an effort point of view and an experience point of view, a game management point of view. You thought, these guys don't have it, but maybe, and I've been a, pro, a, pro, a pro, proponent, proprietor of this, of this thing where once the rosters shrink and the playoff rotations you know, the, the, the minutes are condensed into your best players. That's generally what happens. That's when we'll be like, you know what? We will be able to win this series because we've got Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, right? Hmm. We don't anymore. And I think, like I said, even the most optimistic person would think it's not realistic. And for me personally... My reaction, I hate to admit, but my reaction was a sense of relief because of how emotionally difficult following this team's been all year. I was almost immediately the uh, switch flicked and it was kind of, let's see this season out and come back stronger, healthier next year in a more normal NBA season, honestly. Because ideally, it wasn't going to happen this year. I personally don't think even if the playing you know, we win the play and get into the playoffs. Best case scenario is one series victory for me. Um, mm. And by that logic, I don't, I, look, I hate losing on purpose. I don't ever want my team to lose on purpose. But if the team loses the play in and ends up in the lottery with a chance to pick up a lottery pick, um, and then as a byproduct of that they have a season to prepare with a healthier stronger roster and another um, top level talent on board it's a shame but I think you're almost in a better picture next year when you can realistically push forward in a normal NBA season with your fans back mm. um, you know well we just got to be re- things every side of fans got to be realistic right now like it's just this season is not, it's just not, it's just not meant to happen this year. No. It, it just, it's not going to happen. And, you know, even if we do, like you said, make into the playoff, playing tournament, we, we win that, we get into the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. It'll just be a take, it'll just be a repeat of last year, even though we've obviously got to the Eastern Conference, but our guys were so gassed when they got to that Eastern Conference finals. You could just see it. It was, everyone was just drained and it was, we had no depth and it, it just, it, like I said, I, 
I'm brutally honest, best case scenario is that, well, I say best, obviously best case is winning the chip, but second best scenario is getting that lottery. That's what I think anyway. And then, like you said, coming back a lot stronger next season, healthier roster, Jalen and Jason ready to fire on all cylinders. I think I think that's that's the biggest win that we could get right now, essentially. Loaded draft uh, mm. class. Um, even going late into the lottery, there's like elite game-changing talent potentially. So, um, yeah, why not put yourself into that conversation rather than, frankly, extending this pretty underwhelming season? Because... Look, if you if you're look, Robert Williams is even struggling for health. He's had turf toe in recent weeks, mm. which I found out what turf toe meant. In the I last did have to Google it. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, "What the fuck is turf toe?" But, but basically, like, it's a sprained toe, right? But but yeah. like, um, if he's struggling for uh, health and Kemba's still not able to do back to backs, his shoulder popped out apparently last night. It looked like, and then Brown's out. And Tatum is still kind of going in and out in terms of his ability to remain that level of, you know, sustain that level of need to protect stamina. Them, <laughs> Just protect the players. Do you know what I mean? If we got into, if we had a fight in the playoffs, right, an absolute bar fight of a game against the Wizards, for example, and Robert Williams got injured, uh, and then you're without, you know, at the start of next year, you've got Robert Williams and Jalen Brown missing. And you didn't get a draft pick, um, you know, if we won the plane. Uh, you didn't get a high draft pick in the lottery. Mm. Then you almost think, well, that was a semi-pointless exercise. Look, I always want my team to win, but it just it just feels like the ideal situation is, frankly, well, not it, making not It just making makes sense. It, just, it, it does make sense. It does make sense. I think any Celtics fan that's listening or any Celtics fan, you know, I mean, I agree with you. I think that's, that's the best case scenario for us right now. It's been a really up and down shitty season so i think that would be i think that's the only positive outcome to be honest with you um any fan that thinks we're going to win the chip i mean i commend you and there's always that tiny little bit in the back of my head which is like shall i bet on it shall i bet on it but not this year <laughs> not this year guys look you know what guys it will be a nice touch of nostalgia for everyone who was around in 2013 um, when you spent all summer looking at Draft Express um, videos. It's just it's a nice little flashback moment, and then next year they come back stronger. Right. So, should we go on to our standard procedure of our guest list and our band list? Bit of a weird thing to do, considering we've not... Uh, well, we've played shit, so everyone should be on the band list. But, right, we'll get Matt. Matt, introduce the uh, next segment for us. The Guest List. It's party time. Let's reveal who Nathan and Josh have invited to the garden this week. Okay, right. So, Josh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? It's on the... Uh, on the I'll invoice. go first. I'll go first. And I'm also going to clarify, just in case someone is listening for the first time, because we always forget to uh, outline the general idea of the podcast, which is that we're in a... This, believe it or not, we've been basically crying for the whole podcast, but this is a party. And we're going to say who is... As, as Matt said, we're going to talk you through who is top of our guest list uh, to this imaginary party that we've made up. And for me, it's uh, Aaron Neesmith. Um, 
mine seems to be made up about Neesmith, uh, Neesmith the first few months in uh, where he really struggled to kind of crack the rotation. Um, and the, the general consensus was that Pritchard, who is brilliant, was the steal of the draft. But then Neesmith wasn't quite going to work out. But as we know, patience is a virtue. Um, I think he's a really valuable part of the team. And effort is a huge, huge part of that. He's been able to kind of dig in, earn the minutes by coming up with kind of hustle plays, making shots when, you know, depended on. Um, and it's paid off. Uh, last week or the last two weeks, he had a good stretch where he kind of scored 15, 16 and 16 in the space of three games. Um, and that, and that's a really positive stretch for a rookie. Um, and coming up with moments that like really matter and really galvanise the team to try and come back from what you would have thought were kind of insurmountable deficits that they put them in, self in. But uh, yeah, he's he's absolutely invited, um, and he can bring a plus one. Amazing, yeah. I mean, he's he's been he's been great. Uh, I, I I just found it strange that. You know, all season we were we were all all Celtics fans were like, well, why is he? What's what, what's going on with him? What's going on? Is he just not playing? Is he not training well? Is he just not? He's not ready. Does Brad not like him? Like, there's so many factors that we we're all thinking. But yeah, he said he's come in and he's, I mean, yeah, he's been re- he's been really good. His hustle has been great, like you mentioned, and big time plays. That's exactly yeah. what we need. And and good, just just good consistent scoring, which is yeah. what we need. So he was brought in as this shot maker, wasn't he? And mm. in the small sample size we got from him, he wasn't necessarily uh, well, even in college. In college, he was an absolute lights out shooter, wasn't he? Mm. And now, obviously, NBA is completely different, but very hard to adapt to. And like, just because he immediately didn't look, if he if he had joined Oklahoma this year, he'd be getting loads of minutes, mm. uh, but he had to join a team where the expectation was to compete and immediately make shots. The pressure is much higher in a team like this uh, to use the small amount of time you get to prove yourself. So he found other ways to do it, which such as coming up with like weird Marcus Smart style rebounds, uh, making defensive plays, drawing charges, getting steals, and once again, making shots. So respect to Aaron Neesmith. And the positive as well is that you've got, you know, he's, he's got guys like Tatum, Brown, like vets like Kemba, uh, Tristan's in there as well. Like you know, he's got some good, solid players around him to elevate his game. So, yeah, positive, positive. Now, it's going to be no surprise to who's on my guest list, and that is the main man himself, Mr. Jason Tatum. Sixty points. That's all. Uh, to be honest, that's all that needs to be said. Like just that sixty-point game, and then him being consistent throughout after that and before that. Like he's just he's just been electric all season. Obviously, he's had a couple of off games, but you you expect that from, from from every NBA player, to be honest. But he's just he's been outstanding. His shot selection, his it's just his all round game has just improved so much, and it's it's great to see. And yeah, so my guest list this week is Jason Tatum. Now, do you want to talk about Jason Tatum a little bit more? I feel like we've caressed Jason Tatum's ego this whole podcast, but he deserved it. He deserved it. But I think maybe we should move on to who is uninvited. Let's do the band list then. So, the band list. Let's see whose invitations went into the bin and certainly won't be RSVPing for the garden party. Now, we did have a little chat because usually me and Josh just throw in who we would like to have on our, on our, you know, so we don't pick the same person. But this week, we have chose the same person. 
So we've gone with uh, Jimmy Butler, the arsehole who always seems to turn up when he plays Boston. Now, George, talk to me a little bit about Jimmy and why, why he's banned this week. You know what? I had this preloaded before the Celtics even played Miami because I thought that, you know, he absolutely salivate, salivates at the idea of these kind of moments where he can put teams to bed, especially when they're fighting for something like, uh, you know, escaping the play-in. Uh, mm. So he was preemptively uninvited from the Garden Party and banned. Uh, but after he we've played them, it's only been reaffirmed. He has that really annoying ability to go into the low post and, like, uh, bang and then hit fadeaways off the off uh, the glass um, contested no matter who guards him so usually does it when the game is kind of getting closer and then he's just like okay it's my turn let's go so yeah he can basically he's not coming he's not allowed otherwise fuck off now that is pretty much I mean we've got to go into your last orders Josh so but after that I mean it's been quite a Quite a doom and gloom pod. I, f- I feel like this season, right? Hopefully next year, hopefully next season, people are going to listen to this pod and be like, yes, this is some positivity. I feel like we're probably the downer on everyone's fucking week at the moment. Hey. Um, we got, but we've got, we've got, we can't talk about anything positive other than I think Jason Tatum or, you know, if one player has a certain good game or whatever, but yes, yeah, bit of a struggle, bit of a struggle. But look, if we manage to look, if to reward losing, if we do manage to achieve my ideal scenario of escaping the, the playoffs, sounds so bad to say that, but escaping the playoffs and getting into the lottery, yeah. and then by some freak um, miracle, the Celtics end up in the top 10 getting a top 10 draft pick this this summer in this podcast I will be I will fully face paint myself green uh, with the name of the um, with the number of uh, the draft selection that the Celtics have we'll we'll have a party we'll do we'll do that live as well we'll make sure we do that live on Twitch or YouTube or something and it's just going to be I mean I'm not being funny you probably get we'll probably get loads of views on Twitch for it because Twitch is weird as fuck like you get people sitting in jacuzzis watching them in jacuzzis but i don't think either of us are going to be sat in a bikini but anyway let's Speak move for yourself on. If, if they're getting the top three obviously that would be a miracle but if they're getting the top three i'll wear a bikini jesus christ i hear the fans go fuck yeah but anyway let's move on to last orders let's move on to josh's last orders and then we're going to wrap this up so matt take us to last orders Last orders. Get those last rounds in now, guys and gals. It's almost closing time for the garden party this week. And to tell you the truth, Gwen, I'm absolutely twatted. Okay, right, Josh. Far away. What's your last orders for this week? Okay, ding, 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 ding. No more Kardashian drama. Tristan Thompson, if you're here next year, uh, not here, if you're in Boston next year, stop inviting this stuff. We don't care what you do in your personal life, frankly. Well, we do to a certain degree. Don't do anything mad or horrible. But Boston isn't Tinseltown. We don't need your e-news nonsense um, if it's going to affect the chemistry or your performance. No more Kardashian bullshit. That is a positive positive way to end the podcast, to be honest. 
No one wants to see TMZ rock up to Boston every fucking day. So anyway, <laughs> such a wild like way to end the podcast. So yeah, Thompson, you've you've, you've been warned by the basketball ass himself. Don't bring that shit around TD anymore. <laughs> I'm sure he's terrified. Okay, guys, that is it for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember to review, like, and share the pod anywhere you can. It's only ever going to help me and Josh. And yeah, that was a weird welcome back pod. But hopefully, why? I always say hopefully we can talk about something positive, but it's not going to fucking happen, mate. So our positive scenario is, you know, getting in a lottery, getting a nice pick, whatever. Anyway, guys. (laughs) They're going to make it to the Eastern Conference now, aren't they? And we're going to look like... I hope they do. I hope they do. Yeah, I absolutely want to be proven wrong. 100%. 100%. I like... Well, I only like to be proved wrong in these scenarios. Other than that, never fuck that. But anyway, guys, appreciate it. Until next time, peace.